0: The following program is a production of Destiny Creative. Are you ready? Three, two, one, wake up! Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for coming right again. Good
1: evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment.
0: Yeah, you know, like I got some fresh ideas, you know? Well, what's shaking, cats and kittens? Welcome to the OKC Show. We are back for yet another exciting evening. I actually just returned from Chi-Town, Chicago, over the past weekend. For those of you that don't know, I do a little uh, announcing of a racing series, actually two racing series, the National Muscle Car Association and the National Mustang Racers Association. Both series were uh, together this weekend for the Super Bowl of street legal drag racing, and not to bore everybody with uh, all my racing exploits, but uh, trying to get out of Oklahoma City on Thursday night was the most nightmarish experience, maybe not that I've ever had, but my flight was delayed four hours. I got out of OKC, uh, Will Rogers World Airport, and uh, I was supposed to leave at 7.20. It was finally 11.30 when the plane pulled away from the gate. And did you know, Nathan, that the airport actually shuts down with people still in it? There was no, I couldn't even get any water. I was trying to stick my head under the faucet in the bathroom, and you know they've got the motion sensor things, and you got to wave your hand and then you jam your head into the faucet trying to get water out of it. It was crazy. The bars were closed down. Not that I was going to go drink. Well, at that point, I might have, but... You know, I was just looking for water, a Coke, something to uh, quench my thirst. There was nothing available, much less, you know, not being able to get a magazine or anything like that. And so then they get everybody on the plane. It's a little uh, commuter jet that flies uh, OKC to Chicago. It's one of those, uh, you know, six seats and a rubber band kind of thing. And uh, they get everybody on there, and we're sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. And finally, the pilot comes on and gives this whole spiel. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're sorry for the delays. Uh, we had some weather in uh, Michigan and then in Chicago, and we just got here late. And, uh, yeah, four hours late. And then he said, well, we were getting ready to pull away from the gate after we got our new paperwork. Uh, but then a plane started to come in, and they couldn't. They, their alternator was out, and they didn't know if they had their landing gear down. So they shut down the entire airport. So, no planes were coming or going at eleven thirty at night, and the airport was completely shut down we 're sitting there in this tin can with no air conditioning, just sweating like mad and uh, Anyway, we finally got off the ground I got into uh where where'd i go Chicago at two thirty in the morning. It was great, fabulous so three hours of sleep, and then seven a m at the racetrack and um, much less you know i don 't know if nathan if you have you traveled recently you 've traveled recently. You go through security, and, you know, they practically strip search you now. And uh, I went through recently, and they pulled me aside. This is the first time I've ever had this happen. They pulled me aside and swabbed me for bomb dust residue. I mean, I don't know. I guess people think I look a little evil. But nevertheless, uh, we are happy to be back here on the OKC Show. We have a great program lined up. Uh, we are going to be joined tonight by Jessica Miller Merrill, and uh, she is an author and a human resources specialist. She has more than 10 years of experience in human resources and recruiting, uh, providing businesses with recruiting solutions, and she also works in social media. Uh, she has worked for Target, Home Depot, Lowe's, Office Max, and uh, has recently been honored by uh, doing interviews on much larger media than the OKC Show. Uh, she was recently interviewed by Glamour Magazine and Entrepreneur.com, and in one of my favorites, Employment Digest, um, and you're an author. She just released uh, a new book called Tweet This, Twitter for Business, so not only a social media expert, but a human relations, uh, human resources expert and Jessica Miller Merrill, otherwise known as at Blogging for Jobs, and uh, you can catch her at her website, Blogging for Jobs. Jessica, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks. It's great to be here. This is a nice setup you got here, pretty ritzy.
0: You think so? Mm-hmm. Well, we're uh, we're you know trying to move up in the world, and we've got lots of padding on the walls and everything, so my screaming doesn't affect anybody. Well, the
1: champagne was really good on my way. Did in, you like it? So Did yeah, you like it the was cheese? a nice touch. We yeah. try to
0: get the nice cheese tray in for everybody. Yeah, only the best. Uh, we have uh, have the green room outside and. Uh, Grapes. Uh, did you like the the muscly guy feeding you grapes? It was the highlight so yeah. far. Yeah, yeah. We, we tried just for you because you're the first female we've had on the show. We thought we'd do a little something special for you.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Well, Jessica, um, lots to talk about with you tonight. Um, certainly with the book and everything else that you do. But I uh, want to talk with you a little bit about finding jobs right now. Um, it's I mean, it's, it's hard out there, to say the least. And actually, some new numbers released today uh, that the national average for unemployment is at 9.5%. 9. 9. Oklahoma, thankfully, is not quite that bad. We're at 6.8%, but there are states out there that are above 12% unemployment. And I myself have looked for a job in the past year, and it's just flat-out tough. Uh, what do you think about everything that's going on?
1: It's just a hard market. It's a hard market for businesses because they're looking to cut costs, to increase their margins or basically just tread water. And then you throw job seekers and candidates into the mix. How are they going to get hired and get the attention of the company? I mean, just applying for a job, you have to execute a very well thought out marketing campaign, I like to think. And a lot of people don't think about the job search that way. You're selling yourself and you're the product that is up for sale that you want that company to buy.
0: How would somebody go about doing that?
1: There are a lot of methods that you can employ in strategies. I think the first thing is to sit down and think about what you really want to do when you grow up. I mean, if your goal is to be a person in the safety realm, which is somebody that I've talked to this week, or you want to be maybe a call center manager, another person that I've spoken to this week, How do you want to get there, and and what does your background look like? If you don't have a lot of experience but you have a big, fat master's degree, um, you're going to have to really think about your strategy and your competition.
0: Is it different for the recent college graduate versus somebody that's been in the job market for a while do they have to approach it differently?
1: I think so you know somebody who's recently graduated and, and maybe younger 22 24 or even 26 if they have their master's degree um, they have youth going for them and they companies also are thinking about these young recent grads as people that they can get relatively cheaply compared to somebody who, let's say, has 15 years experience. And I've had a couple of those situations with job seekers over the past couple months. These young folks are up against the, the older folks who are more experienced, more senior, and they're battling for the same positions because it is kind of tight right now.
0: How does somebody who is... Um upper 30s, 40s, 50s, maybe even older, um, they've been in a job maybe for, for quite a while, and the company's having to make cutbacks, um, they are recently laid off, how do they go about approaching finding a new job or possibly even changing careers at that point of their life?
1: The first thing, and that's most important and best case scenario, is if you're actually planning for your exit. When you start to see your company doing a quarterly layoff and it's going from department to department, especially if you're a large company, say OfficeMax or Home Depot or some of these others, typically layoffs happen at the end of a quarter. And they kind of go in a cycle. So you might have the retail unit, the corporate unit the next quarter, and then maybe the field or another department that's going through cutoffs or layoffs. You start to think about those kind of things and planning for it. The first place to go was LinkedIn. Actually getting a nice profile, this professional keyword, and start building your contacts. That's the first place that the majority of recruiters go online is they go on LinkedIn. So it's the first place that we should all be starting. I kind of think of LinkedIn as the gateway drug for social media, right? It's like Mm -hmm. easy to get on. It's more professional. It's pretty clean cut. You throw up a profile similar to a resume and you start connecting.
0: Let's back up a second. You said something about professional keywords. Uh, What is that for the people that may not be familiar?
1: Professional keywords are just like search engine optimization. They're keywords that are commonly searched by recruiters, hiring managers, HR professionals, and those are kind of the industry buzzwords that you typically see in a job description or in an advertisement for a position. So if you are somebody who's in PR, maybe your APR certification, or your experience with PRSA, Marketing, social media, whatever those terms are, you want to make sure to include those in your profiles, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook, wherever you are on the Internet, even your resume, because people search for those words.
0: So you're saying that the days of going through the classified ads in the local newspaper and uh, going out and walking door to door, finding a job, have, have those times passed now?
1: The last place that I worked at was a closed facility, and so we were locked down. And if you actually wanted to talk to me, you had to go into an entry room, pick up the phone, and try to figure out how to spell my last name hyphenation. <laughs> so those days are I invited ended. you on
0: the show, and I could barely figure that out.
1: I, I like it that way. It's good for search engine optimization, right? Because there are lots of Jessica Millers, there are lots of Jessica Meryls, but there is only one Jessica Miller hyphen Merrill. And you can find me very easily. I don't have to compete with everybody else. Yeah,
0: I know the feeling. Not a whole lot of Baffries out there. That's good. Yeah. So you uh, you do a LinkedIn profile. You add your professional keywords. Um, I assume you want to put your resume on there.
1: Yeah, you can upload it with sites like box.net. You can... Put SlideShare videos, different things so people can learn more about you. If you have a blog, you can include that information on there as well. Um, LinkedIn profiles are, are hard, though, because they're static. So it's not like it's something that you change frequently. I encourage you to update it weekly, even if it's just the headline, because that puts you up in the search results. And it also, people kind of keep you top of mind. It's kind of like getting that weekly email blast, from a, that company that you keep getting, that you mm-hmm. didn't know you signed up for that subscription. Right, right. But they see it in the search. And so they're just you're just top of mind for that recruiter or person that you're connected to.
0: So for the people that, I mean, there are people out there that, that are not familiar with the computer stuff, um, I mean, people that are probably the generation ahead of us, that are unfortunately having to look for a job right now. I mean, do, what is your uh, recommendation for those people?
1: LinkedIn, number one, and then you really need to look at your competition. So I encourage you to get out there and have informational interviews, talk to industry people, go to professional associations and see who your competition is, and then figure out a strategy from there. It's a lot like product marketing. You need to figure out how you're different and focus on that differentiation, what separates you from the others, because the people at your industry professional association or organization Those are the people that are applying for the same jobs that you are. And so you kind of want to build a niche. It's just like what's the difference between Tide and Era Laundry Detergent. Is it because Tide is better or is it because you like the smell of Era different? What works for you might not work for everybody, but it makes you interesting and and intriguing to that company enough for them to pick up the phone and give you a call.
0: And what about... um the style of resume, uh, cover letters, and I've got to be honest with you, I hate beyond belief writing cover letters. I don't
1: think anybody likes cover letters. It's not just me? Cover letters (laughs) kind of suck, but they're necessary. There are HR people and recruiters out there that will disqualify you just because you don't have a cover letter. So include it, Make it relevant, maybe a little bit different than your resume. Include some a couple examples. If you've moved or had a gap in employment, can use your cover letter to explain mm-hmm. that. But don't make it more than a page. And you need to do some work. You need to change it up for every position. Your resume and your online profile should be different for the different positions that you're applying for.
0: Really? Yep. Every single one?
1: I would encourage you to customize them because, once again, if you make it special and based on those keywords and specific examples that you've had in your past employments, it's going to make you stand out above the rest and don't use the basic word template. That's a bunch of crap. Oh, really? Yeah. Don't use the career builder template. Actually think about your resume as a marketing document. It is a billboard. Like you're driving down the highway. HR people don't spend more than five or 10 seconds on your resume. What do you want them to remember you by? A bunch of gobbledygook or something that says, hire me, I am qualified. And so think about what's interesting and sexy but professional on your resume and lead with that in the beginning. Because I'm not going to read the rest if the beginning part doesn't work. It's like a book. Right. The first chapter, if it sucks, you're putting that bad boy down. So, what are some of the the same way?
0: Give me a couple of examples of some of the worst things you can do to your cover letter or resume.
1: I think that if you use the standard WordPress or the Word template, which I have a picture, I think I put it on my blog. One I actually got where it was basically just their name and contact information, and then they didn't even fill the rest out. (laughs) Just the template. That's probably the best. Or the objective. Personally, I don't like. The objective on a resume. I yeah. encourage you to just leave it off and lead with skills and qualifications. That's where your keywords are key. Uh, somebody putting a like three paragraph summary together in their resume objective. Make it easy for me. I will not and you won't read a billboard. That's three paragraphs. Right. So why would you expect an HR person to either? HR people have a lot to do they're typically in the organization they're not only doing the hiring but they're probably writing the policy they're dealing with sexual harassment facebook all this crazy stuff and they don't really like interviewing most hr people don't like it so make it as easy as you can for them to want to talk to you
0: has that changed over the years i mean in the hr industry from from the way the hr representatives handled the the incoming resumes and hiring process
1: everything's automated now so chances are if you knocking on somebody's office or door and wanting to give them a paper resume even at a job fair are pretty much dead they're gonna ask you to put it into the fancy acronym called ATS or applicant tracking system which is just a way for us to catalog everything electronically so if we get audited or some government entity wants to see how we're keeping these documents and, and are we discriminating, are we not? What are we doing with this in order? Um, so they're going to want you to do that. Um, I still think that applicant tracking systems are necessary, but they're kind of like the black hole. You th- you put your application in and it goes away forever.
0: Uh, <laughs> That doesn't seem very convenient if no. you're looking for a job.
1: No, because you're keyword searching it or maybe you apply for the wrong position. And, you know, if, if you're somebody like Chesapeake who's getting 2,000 resumes a day, not everybody's going to look at your stuff.
0: Yeah. What do you think about the job search boards, Hot Jobs, Career Builder, uh, the other ones out there? I mean, is that a place to go? Or, do I mean, is LinkedIn, I mean, you said LinkedIn is the number one, one place, but, I mean, what, Where else do you go to look for jobs, find jobs, and submit resumes?
1: Certainly LinkedIn is good. Monster and Hot Jobs and CareerBuilder, i all have friends who work there. They're necessary evils to have. If you're going to use those websites to upload your resume to, just like LinkedIn, you should be updating it weekly. Just making one change to it, changing the title, changing a keyword is going to put you at the top of the search stack. And that's going to be the first, just like on Google search, you normally don't go more than a couple pages down. Right. Make it easy for the recruiter or the HR person and just update it every Monday. And then that when they're looking for the job posting, they'll come across to you first. Yeah. I think that aggregator sites are also really good. And those are sites like Simply Hired. I think there's a, a new one that I've just came across and it's called linkup.com. And it collects jobs from different company job postings. So not just the thousands and thousands of job boards, but actually the corporate sites. And so you can search that too.
0: Okay. So I don't know how closely you follow, um, because I know you're, you're doing a lot of things, but what industries are hot and hiring right now? Do you know?
1: In Oklahoma City, I would say that call center jobs are always a good place to go, because we're like the call center capital of the world. I don't know if you know that. I did not know that. Is so many call centers here. It's crazy. So, you know, Southwest, you have Hertz, Office Max. uh, You know, there is so many different call centers. So, that's a good industry that's always going to be hiring. um, And it's a good customer service level position. Healthcare is good. Integris is a very large company. They're doing well. They're all over Oklahoma. That's another good place to go. Anything health related is a good a good bet right now.
0: Okay. You are also the CEO of a company called Exceptional HR. Um, Tell the folks a little bit about what you do there.
1: Well, we talk about the job search, but primarily I am there to help bridge the gap between social media and HR because there's this big kind of clueless, I don't know, just place. HR people don't get Facebook. They don't get Twitter, they don't understand how it can be used um, or blogging. Um, they're probably have their nodes in books. They're busy researching and, you know, doing their HR thing. So I help companies understand how to use that. I can do corporate training. Um, I can talk about recruiting strategies, write policy. Most HR people don't know what YouTube is or Tweeter. That's what they commonly refer to Twitter. (laughs) Blueging, I've had that call before. And then also an RSS feed. You try to talk to them about that and they just kind of have this blank look in the face. So I kind of try to help the bridge the gap between those.
0: So you're actually working with the the corporate entities and the the companies that are doing the hiring to help them better use the technology.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, A lot of them don't realize that they don't have to pay exorbitant amounts for job boards. They can find Candidates on these other social tools. Something as simple as a dating website. I've actually recruited and filled positions using, you know, Yahoo personals or some of these other sites. I've recruited
0: off a dating site too. But
1: well, I found my. I I was married. I'm married, and uh, for (laughs) over four years, I I found my husband in a chat room. I wasn't looking for job seekers then, but I was recruiting. See, that's one of those
0: rare stories that didn't turn out to be a nightmare.
1: Yeah, there's a not me personally, but I have a couple friends that have had some pretty crazy. That's another show. Yes, absolutely,
0: yeah. because I've had some experience there as well. I found my my beautiful wife uh, in in a church setting, so. Oh, good. Nice. It, it worked out well. Yeah, it uh, had to get away from the other stuff, but um you recently wrote a book. Uh you also write a blog. Uh the blog address is bloggingforjobs.com. The book is called Tweet This. Uh Let's talk a little bit about the book. What precipitated you to do that?
1: Well, I got tired of giving away all my advice for free, honestly. Um, I had been asked, started to being asked to speak about social media. I didn't realize that this wasn't something that other people were not doing. And was at a couple conferences and a couple settings where we had 500 plus And I was talking about how I was using MySpace at the time to source candidates and and somebody encouraged me to get on Twitter. So I got on Twitter and while I was on maternity leave, I had been using it and kind of navigating it and we'd made a couple hires off of it. And I got a lot of phone calls. It was, at the time, uh, approximately 40 to 50% of my website traffic was coming from Twitter alone um, back then. So I started to write a training course that I thought, oh, I can just do on the evenings. It'll be fun, or we can set up a webinar. Once I got that done, I thought, you know what? I should just put it together for a book. Mm -hmm. And it's been a really interesting and, and fun experience. The book world is a total crazy place. There's so many things that you never thought, you had to consider with a book, <laughs> like the color of pages, type, where things go, an index. It's yeah. weird. First crazy. time you've
0: ever done anything like that, I take it?
1: It wasn't planned. It just kind of happened. Somebody suggested it, and I thought, you know what? That sounds like a good idea.
0: Yeah. And uh, it hadn't been out that long. I mean, you just released somewhat recently.
1: It was uh, officially in February, beginning of February. We We launched the book, and... It's available on Amazon and then, of course, my site to purchase. It's been an interesting and fun experiment. I've had a lot of uh, good things happen to me because of it. It's certainly the best business card that I could ever have. I'm the only human resources professional that's on the speaking circuit and that's a consultant that actually has a book on social media right now. So it really puts me at a competitive advantage among the other people out there.
0: I know there are a lot of people that are going around speaking on uh, human relations and social media?
1: You would be surprised. There is a small group of us, I would say probably about 15 people that are are kind of in that consultant role that are talking about how they're using social media. A lot of them are recruiters or HR people, not both. And I've done both. So I understand both those worlds because they're very different. The recruiter is much more sales oriented. They're salespeople. They're trying to sell you on the company and right. sell the hiring manager on you. And HR people are much more kind of behind the desk, sort of you know the keepers of the policy. Right. Not not very glamorous.
0: <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that.
1: Yeah. We keep your we keep your, uh, CYA is is what I'll say. But we keep yes. your butt out of trouble. Yeah. Um, HR people before you have to go to the attorney in a corporate setting. That, that's
0: usually a good policy. Yeah. Um. I want to go back to something you were talking about. You were talking about being on MySpace and everything. That made me think of a question. Um, how careful do people need to be with their... their? Everything is out on the Internet now, it seems like. With their, their... Everything is out on the Internet now, it seems like. And and you have your profiles for people that have Facebook profiles. Some people still using MySpace. Um, you know, any place else that they're out there. How many HR people are actually going out there and and checking out the pages of the applicants to see what they put on there?
1: Two things. Uh, almost, I think it was about four years ago. I went to my first human resources kind of seminar here in Oklahoma City. I've lived here in in OKC for about four and a half years, and. The people that were speaking were talking about using MySpace as a form of a background check. And I would say that 95% of the people that were in the room had never heard of what MySpace was. And so they are touting this as an alternative to background checks. Mm-hmm. So you can check on your candidate to make sure that you know they're coming to work or they are who they say they are. Right. And there had already been some court cases about people who had taken pictures and posted them on these social sites And so we talked a little bit about the legal implications of that sort of thing. Um, So HR people are still using these tools. I, I advise them not to as a form of background check. They should just pony up the money and pay for somebody to do it right and check the state and the federal databases. But HR people are also using social media for what is called sourcing. Basically, it's a lot like CareerBuilder when I go in and I search all the active resumes. So if you have your phone number or an industry keyword or something specific I can search for you by city, zip, radius, whatever and pull up your profile. So if you've written about how you're a PR professional and you're looking for work, I can find that information. Just like I like I can also find out If you have used the word like marijuana or something inappropriate on your Facebook page, I can keyword search regardless of if it's private or not. I can actually pull up the information. Mm -hmm. I can't say anything, but I still know that your name is attached to something that says the word marijuana. And as an HR person, I probably wouldn't bother making that job offer to you because you're probably not going to pass the drug test.
0: (laughs) Now, do you, but you're not, I mean, from what it sounds like to me, you're not actually going on there. And if somebody has a picture of, you know, they went to Tijuana and they've got, you know.
1: Some people, some people do that. Yeah. And, and we're talking more about the legal implications of it in the HR realm because if somebody discloses on that social site that they're pregnant or they have a medical condition or that they um, are gay or something that's a protected class, if they're over 40 and or they have children and they're a new mother – those things should not be used in the decision-making process whether or not to hire you. It, however, we are human beings, and when people do see those things, they make assumptions and they have opinions, yeah. and so they might look past somebody because of well, it. Well, I
0: would think there would be some some character issues on there. I mean, if if they are talking about, hey, I went out and you know was you know shooting lines of <laughs> coke last night, and there's pictures, you know, they're wearing lampshades on their heads and everything that to me says, well, this is a, you know, is this a one-time deal or is this, you know, regular behavior? And do, do I really want to bother talking to somebody that's out there doing this kind of stuff and putting it on their Facebook or MySpace page? I mean, I think that says something about people, you know, what you're willing to put out there doing. Um, you uh, know, if you if you showcase your bad behavior, I think that says something about your character.
1: I will say that a lot of People, whether you're actively working at a company or you're a job seeker, are really shocked that there are people who actually look for this kind of stuff. Uh, there's an example of a friend of mine who is an HR person in another state and th- an employee that works for their company started a website like I hate, you know, XYZ company. And so they were able to use whois.com to track the actual address of where that uh, the website was registered at because you can see those things if right. you don't make them private. And so what they did is they cross referenced that address with active employees in the personnel file. And they found an employee who lived about three wa- blocks away, but had worked for the company for about 11 years. So when he first started working for the company, he worked, he lived at his mom's house and then he moved into his own place. You know, a couple of years later they pulled the guy into the office and they said, Hey, is this your site? And he got really defensive and said, you know, How do you know this? You know, this is private information. And then he promptly resigned. They didn't ask him to, but he did. Job seekers, active employees need to know that once you put that info out there, people can find it. Even something as simple as a whois.com, I mean, you have to pay extra for it to be private.
0: Well, I I mean, I think we're all worried about the, uh, the big brother aspect of it. But, you know, now we are readily putting our information out there. For people to find, it's not hard to have Big Brother, whether it's government or the corporate world.
1: Yeah, and you need to think about those kind of things too when you're using social sites like geolocation, like Gowalla or Foursquare. People can find you. People have checked into my house as they're driving by. Yeah, they know where I live. And a friend of mine here in Oklahoma City, he actually. Uh, Jedi Tanner, if you know Tanner, he um, had a situation where he used his iPhone um, coordinates, and somebody went onto his Twitter and then put it into Google, and they came and knocked on his door. I guess the guy just lived in the neighborhood, but how freaky is that? The dude knocked on his door and said, hey, are you Jedi Tanner? And so Tanner kind of rethought that, and I think that we all need to.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not big on, uh, you know, I'll check into public places when I go there. On uh, I'm kind of new to the whole Foursquare thing, and it's kind of fun, and so I'll check in in public places, but I'm not checking in, you know, hey, I'm at home, and here's my address, and come on over. Because, uh, frankly, I don't want you at my house unless I ask you.
1: I haven't had any bad experiences with Foursquare in particular, but I did get a, some hate email last week about Foursquare, somebody was actually compelled to email me directly and tell me that I was fraudulently using Foursquare and, and violating their terms of service.
0: Now, now, first of all, somebody actually read their terms of service, and secondly, how, how did you do that?
1: First of all, let me preface by saying <laughs> the dude had an AOL email, which totally, he lost all credibility in my book. That's yeah. very 90s of him, <laughs> or her, or whoever it was. Uh, basically, I used the tips section to promote different things that are happening so if you check into a location like starbucks right. there's a tip section where you can say oh caramel macchiatos they're great why well, use it to talk about things that i'm doing as, as a form of promotion ah. and you know there's only i think it's one tip per location so once you get it it's there forever yeah so you have to be you know if you're a company i would be guarding that tip so like i checked into a call center and i am uh we're launching, or we've launched uh, texting for jobs, and so any place that has a large number of employees, because you can text to receive job alerts, I'm putting that tip into that call center, at different places, and so this person was compelled enough to email me. I emailed them back and said, "Hey, you know, I haven't done anything wrong. I'd be interested in knowing your thoughts." Yeah. But no response yet.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm shocked. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go back to kind of what we were talking about at the top of the show and the, uh, the current job market and everything as we get ready to wind things down here a little bit. But how closely do you study um, – I'm going to put you on the spot. How closely do you study what's going on and do you foresee any major changes one way or the other?
1: I am a true – optimist I do think the economy is getting better right now companies are still scared and a lot of the openings that they have are temp to hire or contract positions because those are easily you can easily get rid of that extra um, cost or risk that you have uh, with you know when you have an employee that you bring on that's full-time you have to lay them off you have to pay their cobra um, you have all these other things, unemployment, insurance, additional costs. So companies are hiring contract people and, and temp people in, in large numbers right now. The interesting thing is right now, I think we're improving. I know that we're improving. I'm seeing the market change, especially for me with the number of calls that I'm getting. But there's this other, there's this other factor that people aren't thinking about that's going to happen in the next three to five years. All the boomers are retiring. And so suddenly there's going to actually be a shift to where we're going to have lots of jobs and not enough qualified people. And so people like you and me, we're going to be at a premium because we're experienced and we also are networking and we're doing cool stuff. They're going to pay top dollar for us. So I would encourage people, I know it's three years down the road, start planning for that. Build your network. Get out there. Go to events. Differentiate yourself. Because in five years you'll be able to get maybe double your salary which would be pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, that would be. Especially for me cuz right now my salary is nil. So Well, uh,
1: <laughs> nil times nil is nil. So
0: All right. Well, yeah, so sorry. maybe I need to have a, a math refresher, but uh, I'll see what I can do. Nathan's <laughs> out here chuckling, I can see. And uh okay, so you're positive. Um you're an optimist. The market's going to change 3 years down the road. We're all going to be okay. Um that's great news. What about right now? What is, uh, I mean, aside from having a LinkedIn profile, somebody just got laid off within the past six months, what do they need to do?
1: First of all, I know that Obama is trying to extend unemployment again. And do you think that's
0: a good idea or a bad idea?
1: For people that have been out of work for a long period of time, I think it's a good idea, but I think that the unemployment, the jobs portion, the people who manage this whole process and the government they need to fix it because it pretty much sucks the training the internet access the whole experience for somebody who's out of work Mm -hmm. is pretty crappy right especially if you're educated and you go into an environment like that your local unemployment office you're made to feel like a loser And there are a lot of people, good people, who are out of work right now. Yeah. So I think that that needs to change. But for a job seeker, that doesn't help them right now, right? Right. They just know that when they go into the office, they feel like a worm. And, you know, they can't even use a jump drive to to upload their resume. They have to do it the old-fashioned way, Mm -hmm. you know, typing it in sort of thing. But... If I was looking for work right now, I would be out there really thinking about how I want to be targeted. So LinkedIn profile, updating your profile pages um, on CareerBuilder, Monster, those kind of things, but using your connections. Maybe it's as simple as using MailChimp because it's a free service. Uh, For a certain amount of emails and starting a newsletter, letting people know that you're looking for work. Upload all your contacts into that and send out a monthly email that says, Here's what's going on in my search right now. This is what I'm doing. I'm volunteering at X Place and it's a lot of fun. Keep your name at the top of mind of your friends, professionals, and HR people that are in the city and let them know that you're still looking because when an opportunity arises, they're going to think of you. You need to be out of the box and always have business cards on you. I've met some, some of the best hires that I've made have been in Hardee's at the drive-thru or at the grocery store line. So don't miss an opportunity if you think somebody looks interesting to comment on what's in their basket at the store and get their name and info.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm a big believer in networking uh, of all kinds, and, and that's certainly a good idea. Um,
1: there are a lot of free things that you can do. Especially here in Oklahoma City, um, there is a very popular networking group called OKC Happy Hours. I would encourage job seekers to go to Meetup.com. You can register. Go to things where your competition is not. So you know the if you're in like the Human Resource Society, that's pricey. It's like twenty five bucks to go to a luncheon. However, you can do other things that are at little or no cost with a little bit of research that's going to get you you know, some exposure. Yeah. Ask for help. I mean, um, if I can find somebody to connect to with, I will. And there are a lot of people out there that will do the same thing. Um, it's just you really have to be targeted. Don't be desperate. That's the hardest part is the number of emails or phone calls I get from people who are just like, Jessica, I need a job right now you you have to sell yourself your product and if you're calling me out of desperation people are going to feel that and they they they're probably going to run away so really plan what you're going to say and how you're going to say it
0: yeah and that's a uh, that's a tightrope to walk because so many people have been out of work for a lot so long that there is real desperation there
1: yeah but just like any Product, your marketing, you still have a sales pitch element. And you don't want to say everything's rosy and, you know, it's been great being unemployed for the last 12 months. But you do want to let people know that you're actively looking and be really aggressive about it, but smart. And maybe that is starting your own networking group or doing something like this the OKC show. I mean, you can do a lot of different things that are free. Even volunteering is a great way to network and stay busy. I think the hardest part for job seekers is that feeling that you are just like, man, I feel like such a loser. Because you identify your worth and your value based on your employment. Yeah. And, you know, there are good people who are out of work right now. And there are really great people doing good things that are making no money.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So it's just important to, you know, don't don't base your personal value based on how much money you make.
0: Okay. Let's talk a little bit about Glamour magazine. What's that all about?
1: So, so that was really random. I was on maternity leave and I had wrote a blog post about crazy job search tactics like renting an airplane and flying a banner, having a has anybody
0: actually done that? There
1: are people that have done that. There are people that have sandwich boards that are in the middle of town and like you could do that in Oklahoma City. Get a sandwich board that says hire me, my phone number, <laughs> and go, you know, over by the bank of um, America building or something and maybe you can get a job laid that way I've, I've heard some good successful stories of people who've done that so I talked about some of those kind of things and then some cost-effective sort of things like hosting a martini night at your home or uh, maybe a, a business a lot of times the businesses will pay if you bring in a large networking event you can negotiate free hors d'oeuvres so you don't have to pay for room rental. They're just happy that you're bringing in fifty people and then they can people can be responsible for their own drinks. So I had talked about a couple of those things and they called me because of the blog, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And this was way before I had the the separate domain, bloggingforjobs.com. I was still on the free blog spot site. You know, it was pretty archaic. And I think I did a little dance in the room when they called me, but I was featured in uh, their magazine about crazy job search tactics a few months later.
0: Okay. And what, what issue was that? Do you remember? I
1: think it was the August of 2000 and I'm trying to think, nine or maybe July. Okay. And so that was pretty cool. I got a couple of phone calls really right away and that's when I started to think. And my husband has always done this like show me the money thing with the blog. You know, he's rubbing his fingers, you know, where's the money sort of thing. Because when I started the blog, it was really just a random way to drive job seekers to my openings that I had, sure. and I didn't really think about it necessarily about a differentiation factor for myself but i'm I have been for the last four years the number one h r blogger in Oklahoma. Wow, what's fun is that and is little known, is that until about nine months ago, I was the only HR blogger in Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) But I was number one, see? So um, it's all in your perspective. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, that's great. Well, congratulations for that. And uh, congratulations on the new book, Tweet This, Twitter for Business. Uh, You can find it at uh, Amazon, as Jessica said. Uh, I know Full Circle Bookstore has it mm-hmm. because you did a book signing yep. there not too long ago. You Where can else? also
1: get it on the website or just give me a call. If you're wanting a copy, I can swing one by. Um, I normally send out mailings three or four times a week. So right now my home is my storage facility yeah. um, for the books.
0: All right. Uh, bloggingforjobs.com mm-hmm. is the website. You also have texting for jobs. Dot com. Is that a dot .com?
1: Yes. We have like a whole empire here now. What? Texting for jobs, it's a text message platform or in beta. And then I have kind of the collaboration website where everything is listed. It's a little bit more personal, and that's just JessicaMillerMerrill.com. And that's kind of the landing page for all my crazy, wacky ideas.
0: Okay. And so if they get, they go to JessicaMillerMerrill.com. They'll find everything about exceptional HR, tweet this, blogging for jobs, texting. Yeah, for I jobs. mean,
1: either any place that they go, they'll find information about any of them. It's just that, number one, I wanted to protect my brand. I think that's really important for you to have a place for people to go. Yep. And your website domain is a really great place for that to happen. You can control your content and, you know, really be creative.
0: Excellent. Jessica, thank you for taking time out of your. What sounds to be exceptionally busy schedule. I'm glad we caught you when you were in town, but thanks for coming on the OKC show.
1: Yeah, no, this is great. Um, I'm excited to see where you guys are going to go with this. Because yes, we I think are it's too. A lot of fun.
0: <laughs> well, all right, uh, Nate Dog out there keeping things going strong, and, uh, and of course Nathan Davis, th- who are one and the same, Nate Dog and Nathan Davis. For those of you that. <laughs> Might be confused now.
1: We have a big crew. I there's like groupies back in in the green room.
0: Yep, with yep. the muscle
1: guy and the olives and right. grapes. it's, and it's so. now
0: time for the OKC Show's Martini Social Hour after
1: so. after our OKC Show. So.
0: all right, well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks you, thank you for tuning in one more time to the OKC Show. Of course, you can find us at OKCShow.com. com. Find us on Twitter at OKC Show. Our fan page is on Facebook, and uh, check them all out and course, you can download us at iTunes as well. So there we go. Another great show. Once again, Jessica Miller Merrill, thanks for coming on. My name is Jason Baffrey, and we are out of here. The OKC Show is a production of Destiny Creative.